You are listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast, where we provide you a roadmap to success both inside and outside the arena. Here are your hosts, Breakaway Ropers, Dreamers, and Goal Setters, Jennifer Casey, Cody Fuller, and Dusty Crenshaw. Welcome back to the All Focus and Grit Podcast. I'm Jennifer Casey. I'm Dusty Crenshaw. And I'm Cody Fuller. Welcome to season two of the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast. We are excited about the content we have to offer this season. Our goal, once again, is to provide you, the listener, a roadmap to success both inside and outside the arena. At the recording of this podcast, we are in the midst of uh, strange times with the Stay Home, Stay Safe initiative that uh, has been passed in. We kind of want to just start off talking about what our what we've been doing while we're staying at home and staying safe and not headed out uh, to rodeo. So we have Jennifer, Cody, and myself, Dusty. Um, we're just going to start off this uh, podcast just kind of talking about what what we're doing while we're at home and kind of giving you guys some ideas of things that you can do while you're at home. So to start us off, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about how you've been using your um, time at home. I have been getting to rope a bunch, so that's awesome. So work got super crazy for me. Um, I am getting to see all, I'm a physical therapist and I work in the schools. So I, as of March 16th, we didn't have school anymore. And I got to transition, had the opportunity to transition all of my kiddos from face-to-face to to virtual. So Zoom meetings. And I love it um, because I get to interact with the parents and then the parents get to see how to work with their kiddos and possibly some things to do with them and a new angle for them. And I also get to see how these kiddos interact at home and how that's different from the school and possibly some triggers for that. Um, it's also a huge bonus because next year I'm going to work virtually some, and I love to work virtually. So, cause I can take it anywhere. So I am thriving in this time. So it's been a huge change though. This is the first week I felt like my head is above water where, you know, every time you start a school year, you have to put a schedule together and I'm in six or seven different schools. So I'm finally getting everybody scheduled and the technology and everything kind of where it needs to be that I can, um, think about other things so last week I made the you know decision I'm done computer goes off I go outside right I am getting to walk every day I'm getting to rope the sled you know every day but one day a week we're doing something roping the sled riding practicing um, my jerseys have finally slowed down um, I think they thought that they would like a timeout now after <laughs> this last three weeks um, but I've really taken the time once I figured out that, you know, we aren't going to rodeo maybe till August 1st, <laughs> who knows, right? At this point, the way things are going, I put my mare on a 30-day rehab program. I set some new goals for myself and some things that I can really use this time to do and things I need to work on, you know, things I need to change. And I'm not a big changer. I like to do things the same. So I'm using this opportunity to change a few things and really focus on that and get the new horse going. So I've thoroughly enjoyed this time. How about you, Cody? Uh, Well, I ended up closing my practice. I don't know. I think it must've been mid-March when all this really started happening. It was probably a week after the stay at home order. Um, So that was a hard decision, but um, so I went ahead and I was in the process of 
moving. So I got moved during that time and I got set up, um, ready to go. So then after that, I came home to, I'm kind of hanging out with the parents right now in Lewiston, um, decided to come home and so I can rope and kind of help them out with some stuff around the house that projects that they've been wanting to get done for a long time and things that I can help out with kind of just cleaning up the place and, you know, getting rid of a lot of old stuff. So that's a goal, but the main goal was to work on my roping. And the reason I came to Lewiston is because um, I don't have a head horse right now. And so when I come here, I get to team rope so I can work on my breakaway and my heading at the same time, which is really nice because I hardly ever get to do that. I, I'm lucky. And when I'm over at Walla Walla, I get to break away a lot, but when I'm, but I don't get a team rope at all because I don't have a head horse. So I come home, steal my dad's head horse and I get to work on that too. So I'm pretty excited about that because I haven't had a time for a really long time that I've got to actually team rope every day as well as breakaway. So, so I'm excited about that. So it's been, it's been, um, it's been nice in that way to get to, um, really just focus on roping. That's awesome. I've wanted this since I was I haven't got to do this since I was in college where you just have a couple months of nothing but getting to ride and rope. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's a little challenging sometimes, mentally challenging um, without the social interaction. And, you know, I love my parents, but when it's just three of you all the time, <laughs> you know, I think it's tough for them to have to be around me all the time too. <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's pretty great. And, and, it's it's nice to just have this downtime. So, yeah. how about you, Dusty? What yeah, how's what your are, life changed? Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as Jennifer. So we both work for uh, Washington um, schools. I'm a I'm a school teacher, and we were finished uh, March March 16th um, as well. Um, so strangely enough, we had found out Friday at. Um, Gosh, I think it, the announcement was made at 1.30, give or take, uh, that uh, school was going to be out at that time till about uh, mid-April. And then we did a technology boot camp all day Saturday and Sunday at the school district, just trying to get things ready for distance learning. And Monday, the kids showed up. We explained to them that what we're going to do for the distance learning and Tuesday we are off and running. So I was really proud of our district. We have some really amazing teachers and students and parents and um, just a really great staff there and community. And we were all able just to kind of work together and get things rolling. Um, so as far as online teaching's going, it's, it's going well. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to have some zoom meetings with the, the kids in my class and, um, you know, it does my heart well when you have 16 year olds saying, I just want to go back to school and see you guys and see the teachers and see the kids. and I want you there to help me learn. Um, so I told them all I'm going to record this. So next year when we're back in school and they say that, you know, they need a break from school, I'm going to remind them how much they, <laughs> they were wanting to go back to school during this time. Um, you know, since then, we've been uh, notified that the state of Washington, um, will not return to school for the rest of this school year. So we've been working hard as a staff, just trying to get things um, rolled out for the remainder of the year, just so we're, you know, still having kids um, meet learning targets and, but not overwhelming them. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as my, my career. Um, and so I have a question. Okay. How do you think that this is going to impact long-term 
your district, how kids learn, how you interact, and then maybe overall education. I mean, I just, what do you think that looks like? You know, um, funny enough is I'm a technology teacher. Um, and last year I had a, um, I called it a Tushy Tech Nights or whatever, <laughs> after school meetings. Um, a bunch of teachers got together and we worked on technology. And some of them kind of implemented, you know, different ideas here and there. But during the boot camp, before um, the, the kids went off to complete distance learning, you know, teachers were, you know, really aggressively trying to learn how to use all of this. And I think, you know, teachers that were nervous about using technology prior to this kind of learned that it's not as bad. Um, you know, they kind of had to just jump in um, and, and, and roll with it. And I think they're figuring things out as they go. As far as long-term, you know, some kids learning on a computer, it, it's for them. Some kids, and, and honestly, most kids, they need that they need that teacher there. They need that friend there to help them. So, I mean, are we going to go completely away from having, you know, the, the brick and mortar schools? I know that's something they've talked about, like, you know, 20 years from now, will we even have school buildings? Personally, I would break my heart to see it all go distance learnings because they're just some kids that just need that interaction. But I think there's going to be a lot more technology embedded into the curriculum that is so what have you been doing for your roping or what else have you been doing during this time <laughs> perfect for my roping i have actually been in the learner phase and i've been in the learner phase quite a bit it's, this would be my third year with my horse if we were able to go rodeoing and i I've, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. I've been watching a lot of runs from the American. I've been watching a lot of runs that, um, you know, that are out there and just listening to a lot of like horsemanship podcasts actually, and watching YouTube videos. And then I subscribe to, um, well, X factor. And I've been watching some team roping videos and some breakaway videos. One thing that I have, um, for myself personally is I've been working out a lot, really trying to keep things strong so I can stay with my horse coming out. So those are kind of the things that I've been doing for my horse and myself. The big, big project I've been working on is making a website for the All Focus and Great Breakaway Roping podcast, just so we can connect with you, the listeners, um, better. Oh, that's awesome. And Cody, what have you been working on specific drills for your team roping or your breakaway or specific things for your horse or how has that looked for you in the arena? Well, um, well, full disclosure, I, I've only got to break away the calves a couple times. We just got some a few days ago. Um, so I, we just trained them and, and I haven't, um, I really just wanted to see if I could, uh, catch anything <laughs> again and remember how to rope because it'd been so long um but it went okay so I have some things in mind that I really want to work on I um I've been roping the dummy a lot and focusing on um really getting my rope my rope speed going I have a tough time with that in the breakaway I don't know why I I have a lot easier time in the team roping so I'm trying to transfer um the speed that I use in my head loop to my 
breakaway loop. And um, so far, you know, I haven't had a ton of live cattle practice yet, but so far that's helped a lot. So that's something I'm really trying to get ingrained in my mind and become a habit because I think that's something I've struggled with my whole roping career. And it's, it's huge for me. So, um, so that's one big thing. And then there's some things I need to work on with my horse. He's, um, this might be my third year as well, um, on him. So he, he, there's still some kinks that I'd like to work out with him. He's, he came along pretty quickly, but now, um, last year it showed up a lot that he was doing some, he would take a step left a lot. And he was doing that already again this year when I was practicing on it's become a habit. So that's something I was working on the end of last season. And I'm going to have to work on again. Um, now try to, you know, I'll have a lot of time to work on it. So hopefully I can get that nipped in the butt. Um, so that's Was something I'm going to work step, on. Step left when you throw or when you come out of the box? Uh, when I throw. Oh. Yeah. So, so that's something I, and I worked with, um, my brother-in-law early last summer and he gave me some drills I can work on the calf tracker with. And, um, then I had some help from other people too. So I'm going to try to implement those. I, um, cause it's huge. I noticed last summer, like a lot of loops I throw, I'm like, what, you know, what happened? I feel like I should have roped him and it'd be, well, you know, your timing was off cause he was, my horse just wasn't working perfectly. And, and maybe, you know, someone handier could, offset that and it wouldn't be a big deal but I need a horse that's gonna be true and stay there so so I have a question does he the horses you've ridden in the past that you've been more comfortable with do they rate off more or they just stay behind cattle better I think they just uh stayed behind cattle better I trying to remember my last horse I had Larry he was he was just an old veteran when I got him and he was just so true. He'd, he'd find that spot and he'd put you at that spot every and he'd time. stay up there in that and spot. He wouldn't take yeah. it out. And he'd stay yeah. there. He'd never short me or anything like that. He was just true. And, and I really didn't even ever have to think about him. So this is all new to me because I've always been lucky and had horses that just, they were already there. They were old veterans and they took care of me. And so I never really had to work on a horse and do many drills with them. Just the normal, oh, you score once in a while. And you know, maybe follow up on a calf, but this is new to me. So the ones before I had, they, yeah, I don't think if they did step left, it was maybe after I roped. And so it didn't really affect my roping. So when you missed a calf, when he's stepping left, what does it look like? Do you hit him uh, in the back of the head eyeballs. or eyeballs? Mostly yeah. eyeballs. Yep. So yeah, do that's... you think it has to do with your delivery? Because if the horse is going left think, and then your hand keeps moving. Yeah. Yep. I think that's what it is. And I think mm -hmm. that when your horse goes left enough, you really have like one small window where you have a good shot. Because some people, I've, I see their horse go left every time and it works out great for them because they have learned their timing with it and they'll, they'll win on it but you have that small window you you'd have maybe that one shot as your horse is crossing that you if you make that shot it's quick but um a lot of times what happens is i'll miss my shot and yeah i think it's in my delivery because calf's going right you're going left and 
your hand follows you and ends up on the eyeballs. Right. And you don't have control of your bottom strand then. You're just right. You're just with the horse, right? Versus yeah. <laughs> yep, you're just along for the ride at that point. Right. You're just hoping to for me, it's like I just need to stay on at this point. So let's <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll snag something along the way. <laughs> Right. Cody, you had said something earlier, just for our listeners, um, what you, you said, your brother-in-law kind of gave you some drills because what kind of drills um, on the dummy were they? He had me working with, so he set up the calf tracker and it was, it was just sitting stationary. And so he'd have me start out just at a trot at first and we'd trot up to it. And then halfway up to the, we'd start at the end of the arena and halfway up to it, we'd, make the horse stop and if you're happy with their stop if they didn't try to kind of walk out of it or it wasn't a sloppy stop um then you'd go ahead and go forward up to the calf tracker and you'd pick your spot where you want to rope from on the calf tracker so then so the horse knows to go to their spot every time and then you'd stop and then you'd rope it and then you'd and then you'd tr um, turn off to the right and look and come back down the arena and just keep doing that until you're happy with they're calm enough that their stops are good every time they go right to their spot where you want them to and they stay calm and then you can add speed to that you can go into a lope and do that too and then once you feel confident that they're calm and they're okay with getting to that spot and staying there then he went ahead and pulled it for me and it was the same kind of thing but you're doing it while it's being pulled and and I think that it is super beneficial I think it helped a lot I do think that is a huge drill. It was super interesting. Um, we were filming that drill here like three weeks ago and my, and Ty has a horse that, you know, and so she, she went home and she practiced that and she said it took several times and a lot of loping and a lot of sweat to get them to be calm, right? Um, oh yeah, that, it takes a lot of patience, just like anything with the horse, but right? yeah, you're and, just like, no, I just, I just want to rope the calves, you know, <laughs> but but it, right. And I think the key to that drill is the fact that you don't do that. I mean, while you're on the approach to the calf, that's the calm part. And then if they aren't calm, you can go lope or you can go make them work outside of that to come back to that piece of it. Because I think a lot of times, I think that's huge, right? Um, I see people yeah. or get on their head or try to jacker with them on that approach. Well, then the horse just gets all jacked up too, right? Feet move, hands move kids, you know, everything's moving. And like you said, you're, it needs to be slow, smooth, and calm. And mm -hmm. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is hard to work out. Some problems are really hard to work out on live cattle because just like that, things are moving so fast. And plus your horse gets hot. You can't run too many and your horse might get hot especially if they're mad, you're mad because you're trying to work out some problems. So as frustrating as it may be, sometimes they have to go back to the cap tracker. It's nice to have just that slow motion and, and they're allowed to be calm. And that's when the best learning takes place. So I have another question that came up this week for me. Um, how much is too much on the, on the sleds? Um, because that sled is so important, right? On the tough calf. How much do you rope the tough calf or how do you know if it's too much for your horse or on different horses? What, what does that look for, like for both of you guys? I think, um, 
I think there's a happy medium there. I usually go to the calf tracker when I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm too late when I get to it, but I usually only do it when I feel like I'm having problems and really need to slow things down. So maybe I don't do it enough. So that might look differently to other people. And, and, but I've never, I guess I don't think about that enough. Maybe, maybe it's a good idea to do it before you rope live cuddle every time. I'm not really sure about that. How do you use it, Dusty? Honestly, I think it depends on your horse and the roper. Um, You know, for my kids, um, I have an eight-year-old every day, you know, to rope the dummy. I, you know, she has an old horse that just kind of takes care of her. um, And then track cattle down at the bottom end, just kind of keeping it slow. Um, For my horse, um, you know, he can take it all day or not at all. He's, he's very cowy, um, which is, I'm very thankful for because he's kind of got a little bit of spunk in him, but for some reason when he gets in, in front of a cow gets in front of him, I mean, he is laser focused. Um, one thing that I, and I too have been roping a lot of eyeballs or I roped a lot more than I, I normally have in the past. And, and I couldn't figure out what I was, what was going on. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Well, interestingly enough, I watched um, some of my videos from the circuit finals, and right before I get ready to rope, I'm picking up my left hand to brace myself and then throwing. Um, so I'm, I was making my horse like rate off a lot more than I should have, and then, um, and then obviously he was too far back for me to rope. So I was using the dummy a lot just for me to keep my hand down. Um, my horse, like I said, he, he just does whatever I ask him to do, which I wish he would ignore some of my cues, but, um, (laughs) don't mind that left hand, just what you're supposed to do. Um, he's a super smart horse. Um, but, and, and, and as far as doing that, honestly, that's all I was doing. Um, before I found out Redmond wasn't going to go that I, I didn't even rope a life calf. I was just roping the dummy. I was having my husband go out there and, um, I did the exact same drills you did, Cody, where you run up on it and then swing it. And my, my whole goal was just to keep my hand out. Um, my horse never got hot. Um, and then I had him track and that's all it was doing. And then I, um, then that's where I'm at right now is trying to take that muscle memory and put it into cattle. Um, so right now I'm in, so are you going to live, are you going to pen roping or, uh, roping in an alley or roping out of the box? I'm doing pen roping. So I'm doing the, um, the dummy roping and pen roping right now. Just do you, do you do, uh, the dummy or go to the, uh, dummy then like same sequentially during a practice? If that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. when I first started off, I was just doing the dummy only just because I, needed that. Um, and now I'm doing, I'll do the dummy a little bit and then the live cow a little bit. Um, you know, obviously when I was just doing the dummy, I'd spend a lot more time on it, but I'm, I'm, I'm to the next part of it. So if I have a horse that's hot at a trot the first day, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push him all day long until we're running towards it. Nope. As soon as he's, he's trotting and he does it fine, we're done we're done. The next day, ask him to trot again. 
if he does it fine, then maybe increase a little bit. And if not, we're going to get him. So he's trotting naturally to the calf tracker doing what you want. And then you don't want to go from trotting to running if the horse is not ready for it. So to answer the question, honestly, it depends on your roper and depends on the horse and what you're trying to get out of it. And I think you both said this, you both read your horses, right? Um, yes. You, and I think that's huge. And I think any level of roper can read your horses um, and say, okay, yeah. I mean, um, once they're communicating to you, and I think if you're very cognizant of that, it translates to the box really well. Um, funny story, Reno, my the old black horse, who, who was probably 23 by the time, 20, he was 21 when I got him. So this is 21, 22, 20, you know, been there, done that. When we would run the, the tough calf sled in the arena, if you got, we never did it in front of the boxes because our arena packs, but we would do it right, like parallel to our boxes. If you got down to that end of the arena, he was a jacked up, like prancy, I could not control him horse because we were close to the boxes. And then if you did it from the other end, the whole time he was fine. So, I mean, <laughs> you weren't going to change him, right? I mean, and he, he was never bad. I mean, he, he always kind of ditched you in the box, but he never, like, he never <laughs> was that in the box. But all horses know that it all translates. So that's my funny story about Reno and the thing. Oh, and by the time he, I stopped roping on him, he, oh, he was awful to rope on. I don't know if he just got senile or just was done with it. So like <laughs> you could not rope it on him. <laughs> Wasn't his favorite thing in the world then. <laughs> no, I think he was just insulted that we were practicing, right? He's like, I know what I'm in doing. Why, why are we practicing? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. That makes sense. Right. I, I think the yeah I think that's just it's like I'm out no more <laughs> oh. yeah well and I think that's true with any type of practice um reading your horse is so important you don't want to you don't want to overdo it you know you want to get in there and reach your goal for the day right and then you're done um and and I and it looks different in every situation you just need to you know, if, if your horse goes in there and does what it's supposed to be doing, you're good. You're done. Right. I think, and I think that's where the sled comes in too. I think you can only rope this. I mean, if you're open sled, you're open the sled, but even for the most part, like um, when uh, I rope with JC and Gina, we rope the sled first and then it kind of is that muscle memory thing, right? Especially for her, she's learning, she's growing, she's, changing and she's trying to change something so if we can go rope the sled 10 times slow and easy it, that muscle memory kicks back in and then you're able to translate that to live cattle same thing with horses that are learning right or if I need to work on something with with Maddie I will go to the sled and you only rope the sled like three times on her because then she is insulted and there is no more so but in those three times I can show her what I want right and I show her what I want, and then it can translate, right? Um, and especially in this new horse is the same thing. I show them once, and you don't do it a bunch. I, I'm sure this new, the autumn I could rope it all day long on her. She just is, but I, I, feel, I feel like if I show them and they do it, you're done. Um, my gelding, all day long, pull the sled, rope the sled, like he's up for whatever. But I think you just have to be careful because Especially like for me, uh, for Autumn, I don't want to burn her out, right? If she does what I ask and then I reward her, 
and she's it's so true right I yesterday last night when we roped right I roped three oh I just wanted to rope so many more but she had done exactly what I asked her to do and I'm like no we can't you know so we're done right so I mean it, that that's that's hard but it's hard I think that I think that that it's it's kind of like running barrels like you're not going to go and work your barrel horse or make a run on your barrel horse and they made a really nice run and you're like well I really want to run again so I'm just going to run them like you can't you can't just do that but it's easier in roping to rope for yourself and just keep roping but it's the same thing if they're working really good you just you don't want to burn them out or have them think that oh that wasn't right why am I keeping why am I still work why is she having me work I thought I did good but I guess not right and then the horses that are trying they're like okay well maybe she didn't want this maybe she wants this and then they start doing other things to try to kind of outthink you and you're like well no we were, you know so I think that happens quite a bit right um yeah it's hard though roping's addicting so how do you just stop <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so what do we have on the website for people why what what when people go to our website what what can they find great question well, the website has a welcoming page that explains what the All Focus and Grit's vision is about. We have an about section that shares a little history about ourselves, uh, Jennifer, Cody, and me, Dusty, and our future goals. We have another section where you can go to meet our guest. This section includes podcasts, a write-up about them, and if they have any features we can link out to, for an example, a business website, you can find that there as well. We have an event section. This in The event section is a wonderful tool as it shows the upcoming podcast and events. Uh, so once we get back to having a bunch of breakaway jackpots, you'll be able to go on there and and see what's happening um so what would happen is the the breakaway producer will be able to advertise their event on our website and on our podcast and when they do that the ropers will be able to go on to the website or listening to podcasts and see right away what kind of jackpots are happening um there is also a feature that i'm really excited about where if a producer wants uh, to access the feature, then you, the roper, can go right on to the website and register for the breakaway roping event and pay for and, and pay your fees right there. Down the road, our goal is to have a blog section and a video section full of resources for uh, you, the roper, to access as well. Again, I'm really excited about the breakaway roping website it is a work in progress and i i'm just excited to see the features that we will be able to share with you all um, you can access the breakaway roping website uh, it is breakaway roping afg which stands for all focus and grit.com again breakaway roping afg.com and i will have the the link in the show notes below and um i encourage everybody or we would love to have your guys's input of go to the website and there's a form there that you guys can ask questions or if you have specific people that you would like to hear from um, your dream guest uh, put it on there and we'll see if we can make it work so 
Also, if you have somebody that's in your area that's just super, super knowledgeable about something that we really need to hear or the world really needs to hear what they have to say, we would love to feature them. So go to the website, let us know um, of who that might be. So we're super excited about season two and excited to bring you guys on our journey as we interview people about what it takes what they are, what they do every day to be successful, the winners of big events, if we ever get to rodeo again or go to a jackpot again, oh, yeah. and <laughs> what we do day to day to, what we personally do day to day to take us along this journey. So join us, share, subscribe, like us, all of those things. We would really, really appreciate it. <laughs>